Thought Bubble Audio. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks you got with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves to ask questions but never answer them. Frank, how are you today? I'm not going to answer that. Yeah, <laughs> I I was really hoist about my own petard at that point. That was that was. You knew what you were walking I, into. I walked I walked right into that. That was a. This is what I get for not thinking about the intros until <laughs> I say hi. Welcome to Beer with Geeks because when that's that's when they mouth. pop into my head while I'm saying the customary intro. My brain is working on like my brain is working on overtime to come up with the next words that are going to come out of my mouth. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's always very so, exciting when you when you clearly have thought ahead and you're like, oh, I know what I'm going to say for this one. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, no, you don't get it. I'm not going to have the, the, the last minute momentary stress of realizing that I haven't thought this through. How am I going to finish this sentence that's already in mid-flight? It is, it is the most stressful part of this podcast. Once, oh, yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like... Um, I don't, I don't, I can't think of an equivalent, like playing a really hard song and you know, the rest of them are easy, you know, like, you know, if you're doing like a concert, you're like, oh, that, that one song was tough. But now that we're through that, smooth sailing, smooth sailing no from problem. here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had that tough meeting this morning, but the rest of my day is okay. Rest of the day is free That's and probably clear. more relatable. Well, I, um, I refuse to answer questions, but I will tell you about a beer that I'm drinking tonight. If that is. Of interest okay. to you. Uh, Frank, tell me what beer you're drinking. Well, now I don't want to. Okay. Uh, well, that uh, wasn't a question, though. That was a, more of a command. It was more of a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, an imperative. Um, tell me! I love drinking beer out of the appropriate glassware, and that is why it thrills me so much this evening to be enjoying a Southern Tier Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin Ale out of the matching glass oh i could see the i could see the pumpkin oh that's cute what a nice glass right? Southern yeah. tier pumpkin oh. long live the king yeah this is their um this is my favorite pumpkin beer hands down um you, did you hear that i just picked a favorite of something tim um <gasps> yes so quickly too yeah, yeah no this and is so tasty too and so tasty too. just like pumpkin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice reference acknowledged um, I, I love, I love this beer. It is the best pumpkin beer that I've ever had. Um, I, I just enjoy it to no end. I think I've had it just about every year <laughs> the past, you know, five or six years here on Beer with Geeks. Um, so that's, that's all very exciting. I did recently see, um, that my, my, my sister actually oh. re- recently texted me 
a uh, they have a cold brew coffee pumpkin as well, which is a limited release, which I've never seen. Um, and I'd love to oh. get my hands on some of that. But I'm having the regular old pumpkin. It, you know, they call it pumpkin pie in a glass, and I I will stand by that. I think that's an accurate statement. So, cheers. Cheers to you. I wish I had saved my pumpkin beer for um for this episode. We both would have had pumpkins. We would have turned into pumpkins at midnight right. together. We but still you got, know what? It's better that one of us still is got Halloween. regular to roll, to roll you home. Yeah, that's true. Um, Plenty of time. Well, I am having a Shoveltown Brewery Smoky Maple. Um, mm. It's a brown ale. Um, it's not, I wouldn't call it the most Halloween-y of drinks, Um, but um, that maple, that it is made with real maple syrup, which brings out, uh, which really brings out the smoked malts, and is it's fall like a foggy fall day. Oh, yeah. that's the or or a misty morning, mm. you know, ooh, 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 something like that. But Shoveltown Brewery, uh, excellent, um, excellent beer, and uh, yeah, and I'm enjoying it quite, quite a bit. And now, fantastic, Frank. Yes, sir. Now, Frank. Yes, yes. Oh, Frank. Yes, sir. Uh, I have been led to believe that you have questions to ask me that may or may not have anything to do with Halloween. They may or they may not. It's just floating that out there. Yes. Uh, You have been led to believe that. Um, Yes. It's your understanding. Um, Yes. Well, we are back with It's Alive, a quiz deck of scary movies. Um, So it's a bunch of, it is scary movie trivia. And... Felt like that was the appropriate thing to do this time of year as we're getting ready for. Uh, well, we're we're in spooky season now. We are in spooky season, mm-hmm. and uh, thought that we should go through some some spooky movie trivia. So I am going to ask you a number of these questions. Um, and uh, how many? Um, a number. Oh, yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said I. You sticking to not answering questions. Yes. You're you really you really following through with that thing I made up at the beginning of the show. <laughs> really making me regret the words that came out of my mouth. Uh. Well. Yeah. What else is new? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's kind of my move. Uh. Yeah. So, Remember that thing I said twenty years ago? Because I. Do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's spooky season. Mm. Yeah. Um, so so uh, anyway. we're just going to go with a, an easy one off the top, uh, just to uh, just to give people a flavor for things. Some um, some of these are um, multiple choice. Some of them are not. Um, this first one is not, um, but I, I think it's a, a fairly simple one. If a waiter offers you a dish of liver accompanied by fava beans and a nice Chianti, what horror film character would you expect to find working in the kitchen? Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, uh, yeah. so there you go. Um, that's just Silence the, of the Lambs, nineteen ninety one. There you go. Wow. All right. Nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety. Ninety one. Won the best 91. picture award. Oh, ninety one. Oh, so nineteen ninety one won the best picture of nineteen ninety two. Lost uh, Beauty and the Beast. Lost to Silence of the Lambs. Yes, for, that's right. Yeah, forever remember. And that was that was one of the last times that they that an animated film got nominated before there were animated categories, right? I think it was the thing that actually pushed them to make an animated category. Okay, that's... No, uh, maybe Toy Story might have been. No, Toy Story wasn't nominated for Best Picture, so I think it might have been Beauty and the Beast that pushed them to to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let's go on with something else here. Um, some people 
believe in ghosts and paranormal activity, and others don't. That's the premise of this 1963 Robert Wise film about a team of researchers who go to study in an infamous haunted house to see what they can uncover. Name the film. Now there's four choices. The Haunt, The Haunting, The House on Haunted Hill, or The Legend of Hell House. Oh, I th- oh. see, they're all, they're all basically the same story. Is it? What year is it? 1963, Robert Wise. Is it The Haunt? No, it's not The Haunting. No, it's... No, I'm going to go with The Haunting. Final answer, The Haunting? Yeah. Correct. Yes. Got it. Yes. I almost went with Hell House, and I knew that wasn't right. So what were the other, cho- what were the other choices? Uh, the Haunt, The House on Haunted Hill, or Legend of Hell House. Okay. The House on... The Legend of... Uh-huh. Yeah, see, they're all basically the same, but The Haunting. I actually like the... Um, I didn't know Robert Wise directed the original. That's crazy. That movie is scary, mm. even by like today's... Sta- like, if you're... If you're good with your imagination scaring you, yep. like as part of the movie, that movie's still scary. In in, in a Jaws like way, where like they're they're holding something back for your imagination, or yes, okay. it's yeah, it's all just sounds and like doors moving and creaking. It's like really like I wouldn't call it cerebral, but it, it's n- like it relies less. This is pre, um. This is pre-Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so you're talking pre-I'm-going-to-show-you-everything kind of gore, um, and it's just, it's all the power of the mind, and the 99 remake with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson, not as good. Gotcha. Kind of fun, but not as good. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Does that one not do the same imagination, not, not leverage the imagination the same way? It- it starts that way, and that's when it works, but then it dives into, it's 1999, and we have computers. Um, so, and that's when it, gotcha. uh, that's when it really starts, that's when it starts to lose its magic. Okay. All right. All right. But it does have Owen Wilson going, wow, wow. a lot. So, if, yeah. Wow. That's scary. That's, oh, you gotta watch out. And Liam Neeson's like, hey, you gotta, you gotta, I'm coming for you. You gotta watch out. You know, so. It's got that stuff going for it. My brother Luke would love this. Wow. <laughs> My brother Luke, potentially a better actor. Wow. <laughs> I actually like Owen Wilson quite I a bit. I mean, we're making fun, but I, I like both of them. Yeah. Um, okay, please continue. All right. Um, so this next one, The Brood, Scanners, The Fly, Dead Ringers, and Crash were all directed by the Baron of Blood, otherwise known as, and there's four choices, Todd Browning, David Cronenberg, John Landis, or Neil Marshall. So, Cronenberg. Right? Final, final answer? Yeah, Cronenberg. Yes, Cronenberg. N- yeah, it's Cronenberg, yes. Yep. Oh, man. The pauses like, are, are throwing me for a... <laughs> the pauses are throwing me for a loop. <laughs> I'm glad that it, you gave me choices because my mind, I always think David Lynch directed The Fly, uh, and I know, and so I just always, but it's Cronenberg. I always get Lynch, Cronenberg, and um, Soderbergh um, mixed up. Those oh, are like the ones interesting. that- interesting. The Davids and they the always, and Yeah, they're not 
they're not exactly similar in style, but for some reason, my brain just always like mixes yeah. them together. No, I get that. I get that. There's yeah. other, there's other things the like that where my brain sort of gets things confused for no good reason. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, this super low budget indie horror film was shot for around twenty five thousand dollars and has grossed more than two hundred and forty eight million worldwide. Thanks in part to its pioneering marketing on the internet. Thoroughly unique. It's oh, a the Blair Witch documentary. Project. Sorry? Yeah. It's the Blair Witch, it's the Blair yeah, Witch Project. It yes, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. That, yeah. As soon as you said internet, I was like, that. the Blair Witch Project is responsible for viral marketing on the internet. Yes. Like, like people talk about like the found footage of it and all that stuff, which had been around, but Blair Witch really made it popular. But um, but the viral marketing on the internet is like that. Like our world was it literally changed the way we 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 market things because yes. of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah. It, the the movie itself is not traditional, and then the way it was marketed was certainly not traditional. Um, nope. and it's no. yeah, you're right. It is. It is. It did change the way things are done, and and you know. Studio films will try and emulate that. Like, do you, how, how could you forget all the Joker stuff before the Dark Knight, right? And all those, those mm-hmm. like fake viral videos that were going around and uh, meant to drum up excitement for the Dark Knight back in 08. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's very much like Blair Witch 10 years before it. Uh, it, it comes right out of that playbook. So, um, yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I actually hate that stuff. Isn't that fun? I like hate the viral marketing. The ma- I like feel manufactured like, viral marketing, right? Yeah, I feel like I like have to watch it to fully appreciate the movie. That's always how it feels. I remember watching The Martian, the viral marketing stuff, and like, you know, there was all these like interview tapes for them before they went to Mars. And there are jokes from the book that are in the viral marketing campaign. And I'm like, that's funny, but now I feel like, but that was a like like i'm not getting the whole picture now yeah. as like a like as a like a devotee of the original novel but anyway it's a conversation for another day i only saw blair wish project for the first time last year actually i watched oh. it for a class uh, watched it for uh, a colton indie filmmaking class uh and i took the opportunity to watch it because i had never seen it and sure. i really enjoyed it for all the years and the memes and the this like I really enjoyed it. it. It's pretty strong. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Still holds up. Okay. The Academy Award winning 1998 film Gods and Monsters is about the life of director James Whale, who. Frankenstein. In- <laughs> he directed Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. Who in 1935 <laughs> made a film that is today considered his masterpiece. What is this film? Oh, wait. Frankenstein. Wait. Bride of Frankenstein is his yeah, masterpiece, yeah. though. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to yeah. give that to you, just because you, you called okay, it out yeah. before you knew the choices or anything, so we're gonna, absolutely going to give it to you. Uh, so you're yeah. five for five. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I do recommend Gods and Monsters, if you've never seen it. Mm, Brendan Fraser and Ian McKellen. It's like, it's really good, because it, it takes the idea that James Whale was a, a, a closet gay man. He had to be at the time. And so he like falls in love with his like landscaper, but he like it, it takes the idea that he made Frankenstein 
subconsciously about the gay experience mm. and it's like it's really really inter really interesting movie would recommend wow um okay next up a down on his luck private eye takes a lucrative missing persons job only to find himself in over his head when dead bodies start turning up all around him this Alan Parker film starring Mickey Rourke and Lisa Bonet begins in Harlem and reaches its chilling denouement in Louisiana voodoo country. Which film is it? Angel Heart, The Craft, The Serpent and the Rainbow, or The Skeleton Key? I've never heard of this movie, and I've, I'm going to say The Serpent and the Rainbow because that's a weird title, and I feel like that's something Mickey Rourke would be in. It's actually Angel Heart. Dang. Angel Heart. Dang. 1987 was a real change of pace for Bonet, who had become well, well known for the Cosby show. Um, that's, I feel like that's early for, uh, for Mickey Rourke. No? I mean, Mickey it's definitely Rourke. early for, for Lisa Bonet. Um, excellent supporting I don't cast. I it's includes... early for Rourke. I don't think so. Yeah, I guess not. I guess not. Um, the excellent supporting cast includes Robert De Niro and Charlotte mm. Rampling, uh, great cinematographer Michael Saracen. Huh? Yeah, this is um, this sounds actually very interesting. It's it sounds good. I mean, yeah. it sounds like a lot of Private Eye movies. Like they're hired, but guess what? There are more dead people. I'm like, that's literally every movie about a Private Eye. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah there's yeah, never just one. Exactly. Never just one. Never never just one dead person. Okay. Um, oh my god, this one, I'm not going to ask you this one, but I just want to share this with you just because it's mean. We have all seen the legendary shower scene in Psycho, 1960. During this scene, how many times does Alfred Hitchcock show, Hitchcock show the knife plunging into Janet Lee's body? Never. It never touches her. Why is the answer on this oh because these are the wrong cards yes never it never it never enters never it. yeah yeah power of the imagination yes never enters yes, your body exactly yeah yeah because the the scene didn't play until um um bernard um herman um oh gosh i know i the composer um um bernard bernard herman i had bernard it mixed herman. up in my head um it had until bernard herman did the music right. And so, like Hitchcock literally told him, like you saved my movie, and you could count the number of times on one finger that Alfred Hitchcock said that to somebody. Wow! Like, yeah. So it's that movie. That scene hinges all on the music. Like, it's that music is everything. Um, watch it on mute. It just doesn't have the same effect. Like, watch the movie up until that point, and then mute it if you've seen it before. It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't work. The same yeah. Movie. Oh yeah. Right. Watch yeah. that scene without the without the iconic literal stabs uh, right uh, from the orchestra yeah, it's the stabs of the orchestra that that sell that sell the motion totally yeah, it doesn't work without it totally mm -hmm. absolutely um this one just uh i just listened to this the other day many rank the exorcist as the scariest movie of all time a large contributor to his creepiness is a unique soundtrack perfectly suited to the horrifying story what is the name of the theme music and who wrote it? If you can give me either one of those, I'll give you full credit for, for either who, the name of the music or who wrote it. If you can give me both, great. 
Um, Pazuzu's Dance. I don't know. I actually have no idea. It is Tubular <laughs> Bells by Mike Oldfield. Oh, yeah. No, I never. I never would have done that. Oh, my gosh. Nope. Nope. Not happening. But good music, though. Great music. Yeah. Tubular Bells is like a standalone. Like, apart from the movie, it's it's pretty well respected on its own. It, According to the card here, uh, it was made into a single that climbed to number seven on the Billboard charts. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Have you ever seen The Exorcist? I've not seen The Exorcist, actually. That would be a good one to do a, uh, um, yeah, to do like a, a future episode on, like where I, I watch, or, I'm assuming you've seen it. Have you seen it? I only saw it for the first time this season of Academy Rewind, uh, actually. Yeah, okay, okay. I had never watched, I had never watched it because I was scared, to be totally honest. And I like scary movies, but there's something about demon possession that just, it's scarier than like, serial killers sure um and um yeah i never saw it and i i it was it was very good but i i can understand of a generation why it's the scariest but horror like comedy is very subjective and um and of its time most i mean there are things that are kind of always funny and there are things that will always be a little scary but there's particulars that really become subjective and um and I think Exorcist falls in that category. Though I did read a really interesting article a number of years ago about a guy watched it when he was young, maybe in his early twenties, um, for the first time. He said that wasn't scary, and then he watched it again ten years later as a father, and he said that is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Oh wow! Because now it's not about just a kid who's possessed and the mother. It's about what if my kid was possessed and what am I doing about it? And and it just like changes the flavor of the entire movie. And I think that's important when it comes to comedy and horror and, and basically any story like your context certainly affects the story uh and how powerful it is so parents find it the scariest movie of all time potentially so there we go there you go you got more i do you got more for me i got more for you so what sweet perky little audrey hepburn in a scary movie unlikely as it sounds Hepburn starred as a blind apartment dweller in a 1967 suspense thriller directed by Terrence Young. What was the name of this movie? At First Sight? Ice Castles? Places in the Heart? Wait Until Dark. Oh, some of those are actually real movies. Is it Wait Until Dark? It is! Yes! It is! Yes! Yeah, I knew it wasn't Ice Castles. That one was dumb. But, but the <laughs> the yeah, the rest of those I think are, are real movies. But yes, wait until dark. Nice I, job. I have not seen it, but I knew she was in one. Well done. Well done. Okay. Um Toby Hooper got the director's credit for Poltergeist, nineteen eighty two. But that movie bears little directorial resemblance to the earlier work for which Hooper is best known. What was Hooper's 1974 cult classic? Can I, before you give me the choice, can They're I actually, guess this Texas one, Chainsaw Massacre? You is it Texas Chainsaw correct. Massacre? You'd be correct. Yes. And there, are, there were no choices for this one anyway, so. Oh, wow, wow. Well, that's amazing. Okay, there great. You go. Yeah, and that movie was Poltergeist directed by um, Steven Spielberg. Um, he denies it, but it bears little resemblance to him to 
Hooper's work because it it was really ghost directed by Steven Spielberg, even though he denies it. Yeah, and that, this this card this card would bear that out. So it says it says exactly that. And why Hooper ended up taking any responsibility for uh, why Hooper would end up taking any responsibility whatsoever for Steven Spielberg's overblown Ross Poltergeist is anyone's guess. Harsh. Wow. Harsh. Wow. The cards do not like Poltergeist. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. Don Root, wow. who made these cards, is not a fan. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, how are we doing on time? We got, we got time for We got more? about five minutes. All right. Years after a grisly murder at a secluded mountain lodge, struggling writer Jack Torrance accepts the job of winter caretaker so he can write a novel without distractions. When his behavior becomes erratic, his wife sneaks a it's look the sh- at Jack's- It's The Shining, but like, is that the question? Is it like, what movie is this? There's, there's a second. That's part one. Oh, okay. Book, All right. There's All a right. second Please, part. So Stephen King's The Shining. You've got half of it, so that's, that's true. <laughs> okay. When his beca- when I'm his wearing behavior- my Shining t-shirt right oh, now. Oh, you are, aren't yeah. you? Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, all work and no play. It's the typewriter. Yeah. Uh, when his behavior becomes erratic, his wife sneaks a look at Jack's manuscript and knows that something's horribly amiss. What's the film? You've answered that. And what has Jack written? It's on my t-shirt. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Nice job. All right. I read that upside down. It's not like I didn't know it by heart. <laughs> That's so funny. I am literally like I am literally wearing my shiny you know, T-shirt with the answer. That's on so it right funny. Now. I could not. I couldn't make it out. I couldn't make out what it was. Um, but that is really funny. That is really funny. Oh, I love The Shining. It's a perfect quarantine film because you really understand where Jack's coming from. <laughs> Boy, do you <laughs> now? Now more than ever. <laughs> yep. Okay. In one of the more memorable scenes in horror film history, a photographer gets decapitated in slow motion by a sliding sheet of plate glass in this blockbuster supernatural thriller. Which film was it? Audrey Rose, the little girl who lives down the lane, The Omen, or The Wicker Man? The Omen. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. The Omen. I, yeah. Yeah, that movie is scary. The that's, Omen that's one you're not going to still... forget. No, you don't forget that. They remade it with Lee Schreiber in the early 2000s, something like that. Yeah. Which is, it's pretty okay. It's um, David Thewis and Lee Schreiber, and it's like, it's pretty solid. It's not as good as the original with Gregory Peck, but it's, um, it's something, but you don't forget the beheading, like, cause they yeah. do it in a different way in the remake. And it's just not, it's not as good. Um, but yeah, yeah, you don't forget that, especially when you're a kid and you watch it. Because my mom was super into those movies when I was young, and oh, so really? I remember watching it. When, yeah, yeah. My mom's a, oh. was a low key horror buff. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that about your mom. Now yeah. the remake was. You said Liam Schreiber and was it Julia Stiles? Yeah, Julia yeah. Stiles. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, Julia Stiles, Liam Schreiber, and David Thewis. David. Th- okay. Which of the following horror films is based on this premise? If the person you think you see could actually be a non-human entity occupying the body of that person. Oh, it's the thing. How do you know who's who? (laughs) Um, Thing. Before, don't Based on the mountains of madness. Don't lock in your final answer yet. 
Okay. <laughs> if the person you think you John see Carpenter's could actually the, be a non-human entity occupying the body of that person, how do you know who's who? A, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. B, The Stepford Wives. C, The Thing. D, All of the Above. Oh, it's all, it's literally all. It's all of the above. above. Yeah. Oh, that's why I say don't, don't log I'm in like, your answer. You're not wrong, but. <laughs> well, you said Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, why didn't I think of that? Stepford Wives. Oh, wait, yeah. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That's what I hate. About, that's why I hate as a, as a teacher. Um, I hate all of the above questions because it n- usually automatically signals that that's the right, right if answer. If that's an option, you o- if that's an option, the odds right. are really good that that's the correct answer. Right, and because I'm a terrible, terrible human being, when I give a multiple choice test, most of them, the, it's all of the above. I actually think that's... I, I put that on almost every test. I think that's the fairest way to do it because that at least makes it that like it's an even chance... Right, like if every question has an all of the above or none of the above option, then at least like it's all of them. So you actually like okay, I I need to. It's not just like playing mind games with you because the worst thing is when right. there's only one question that has an all of the above or none of the above uh, option, and that's not the correct answer. Like that's that's just mind games, and that's not cool. That's right. That is not cool. But if you do, but if you do it for all of them, one, you don't have to come up with a fourth like True. fake answer. It's built in, but then if it's always there, then you know that can't always be the answer. It's just, it's just not exactly. going to be statistically, unless you make it so. But why would you do that? So mean. All right, give me one more question, and then we'll, we'll wrap this All baby. Right, one out. more, and we'll call it a day. Um, director Roger Corman established his horror credentials in the 1960s with a series of films adapting the works of Edgar Allan Poe, House of Usher. The Pit and the Pendulum, Tales of Terror, and others. What famous actor starred in all but one of Corman's Poe films? Is oh, it it's Vincent Price? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> the the yeah, options Vincent Price. Just just for fun, the options were Lon Chaney <laughs> Jr., Boris Karloff, oh. Bella Lugosi, or the aforementioned Vincent Price, who is indeed mm. the correct answer leaving mr timothy with a uh, final score of 11 out of 13 correct answers nice nice wow nice All ratio right. I, honestly thanks i honestly do 13 unlucky 13 friday 13th on a halloween episode nice job um i did better than i thought i was going to do i apparently know more about horror films than i give myself credit you do. for you know we've played this game before and i i tried my best not to repeat any questions it's possible that I, some repeats got in there apologies if they did but i would love to see you know now that you are a master um now that you have a piece of paper on your wall that says <laughs> master timothy um th- there it is yep uh i would yeah. love <laughs> to i would love to go back and compare you know was your score was your ratio higher this time now that you've like you've seen a lot of these films that maybe you hadn't seen before not that you hadn't seen a lot of them before but now you're more knowledgeable about film you actually went to school for it um i bet i bet you did better this time than you did last time proportionately yeah there were two movies uh the exorcist and blair witch i had not seen um previous all these other ones all the other ones i had actually seen uh yeah so but you know those two make a difference makes a huge difference for sure yeah for sure cool 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 cool. this was super this was super fun happy halloween frank tell us where the people can find us folks can find us over at beerwithgeeks.com 
from there, you can find links to uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. Um, you can throw us a couple of bucks and help us keep these shows going because it does cost money to make podcasts, believe it or not. And so every dollar helps. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Beer with Geeks. You can send us your show ideas or your reactions there. You can email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. Um, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google or Spotify or Stitcher. Uh, wherever you like to get your podcasts, we are there. You'll find us in all those places. Please like and subscribe. Please leave us ratings and reviews. They make such a difference. And they make such a uh, an impact in helping the show get discovered. So tell a friend, leave a review, support us on Patreon if you can, uh, and check out our other shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. That's where the rest of our network lives, and there is lots and lots of fun, sometimes geeky, uh, but always fun and smart content. Um, actually, no, not always smart. Sometimes it's real, real dumb. Sometimes it's real, <laughs> real dumb, but it's always fun. And that's at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Uh, so all the shows are there. Thank you so much for listening and uh, and for supporting us in all the various ways. It was very nice, Frank. Thank you so much. So um, until next time, happy Halloween and cheers. Cheers. <laughs>